Welcome to episode 82 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. As always, this is Jason. Hello and welcome back. Yeah, it's been a while. It has, it has. It really hasn't. It's been, <laughs> what, a week? A week. But we got in the habit there of putting out two episodes a week. That's right. So it feels like it's been a while, but probably to anyone listening, they're like, what? I just listened to you Yeah. a couple days ago. Shut up. Like, We're tired of this. These fucking guys again. Yeah. Hey, they Jesus. hit plays, so... That's right. So when, we're thankful for that. What can you that. complain, right? But yeah, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> well, this week we're going to talk about a myriad of things. Yes. The main ones being a couple shows we went to. We're going to talk about Through the Stone. We're going to talk about Guns N' Roses. Yeah. We're going to talk about a couple albums that recently came out. Okay. And usually as we do, we play some music early on. So I thought... Let's play a song right off the bat. Let's do it. All right. Well, several episodes ago, we had on Mike Ariza and Jeff Sandoval talking about their project playlist. And two of the songs on there, Kurt Arf played the bass on. Okay. And I bring that up because this band we're about to play, he's the bass player for as well. Gotcha. And this band is called Mind Merchant out of Chicago. And this song is called Crash and Burn. Check it out. and burn from mind merchant out of chicago you can look these guys up on facebook um they've got links on there for youtube and Bandcamp and all that stuff where you can check out their music i know kurt's also got it up on his 
Reverb Nation and SoundCloud, some Mind Merchant songs as well. So get on there and check that out. Yeah. Just really heavy melodic stuff. Yeah. I love it when people combine just a real heavy punch with those clean melodic vocals and, you know, it's just got a real driving rhythm section, which is badass too. Yeah, I mean, it's an airtight song. The drums are killer and the solo really grabbed me. It's just wah-wah pedal, just watery like a cobra coming out of the basket kind of thing. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so yeah, this is a great song and, uh, um, yeah, um, you know, back up and listen to it again. Yeah. Before you listen to the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned before the song, he was on Project Playlist with Mike and Jeff. So go back and check out that episode. Definitely go back and listen to that one. That was a good one. Yeah. And that's even more melodic, you know, and straight up hard rock than what you just heard there. But it's all good. We love it all. Yeah. And Kurt also mentioned that he's got some other, um, I think some solo work that he's working on. So if that comes to fruition soon, we'll be sure to play you some of that as well. Once again, Mind Merchant on Facebook. Look him up. Let's talk about Dead Daisies first. Okay, okay. You know, there's no secret to anyone that knows me that if John John Karabi could could hawk a loogie on a compact disc and hand it to me, and I would probably think it sounded like Stairway to Heaven. And it probably yeah. does. Yeah, that's because I mean, it does. Honestly. You know, it's not just an opinion. You yeah. Know. That John Karabi could sing the uh, Roto-Rooter theme song that, on the commercials, and it would it would be amazing. Yeah. I agree. Do anything. <laughs> well, he's now. This is now his second album with Dead Daisies. Revolution was that right? The second one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there was the ones before without him. But anyway, Revolution came out last year. They've already got a new one out in a year's time. Badass, and they uh, that one was on our actually was on our top fifteen of twenty fifteen. Yeah. And this one. You know, as a candidate again for a year in list, it's oh, it's it's going to be on there. It's yeah. called "Make Some Noise." Uh, go buy it now. Yeah, yeah. There's some changes, <laughs> and this band, you know, has never been one that like, you know, it's never been the same five guys on any album. It's kind of a their even their bio calls it a rock collective or something yeah. like that, and because they were always kind of early on, just like a rotating cast of characters and. uh you know, before they started the, the work on this next album, of course, Dizzy Reed and Richard Fortas left the band. That's right. For obvious reasons, <laughs> which we'll get into later. Of course. You know what they are. And it's, so to fill their spot, they got Doug Aldrich. So that's not, you know, nothing against Richard Fortas. I love the guy. But that's that's my, probably an upgrade. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to say that because Richard Fortas is badass. But yeah. still, you know, it's... You can't get any. You can't get much better than Doug. Yeah, it does. It, and, it doesn't suck. Right. <laughs> and this whole album, just like Revolution, is just solid rock and roll. Just yeah. heavy, groovy rock and roll. It's just. I mean, you can't go wrong. Like with any of it. No. That song, last time I saw the sun. That yeah, that's the one I was going to talk about. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean. No, I mean I just. <laughs> it's kind of like the first album. You know, one of the songs was. Last night was towards the end of the album. It's just kind of like this soul, you know, bluesy kinds of kind of Rolling Stonesy kind of yeah. vibe, but more rocked up. And that's kind of the same way this is. And you know, John Crowley, of course, his vocals fit that perfectly. Yeah. And you know, there's tons of other songs on here, but what do you got to say? I mean, it, this is just this is uh, you know this is classic hard rock, uh, you know, with amped up, you know, a new a new feel. Um, I mean, I th- and really, you know, when you look at what's going on in music and kind of, you know, like, as they call this collective or super groups or whatever, because, you know, Marco Mendoza's in it and uh, they've had a revolving door of people, like you said. I mean, Brian Tishy's the drummer yes, right now. Yeah, exactly. That's one of my favorite drummers, by the way. Yeah, so. and like he can, you know, he can 
play with his hands. He doesn't even need sticks. Right. And <clears throat> this has got more weight to it than most supergroups. I mean, these guys, you know, they, they tour, uh, you know, they pound the pavement. Uh, they're coming out again with, you know, strong, solid product. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, they keep going like this and this schedule. I mean, this is going to be good for them. And it's going to be good for rock. It really is. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, you know, and uh, they do a badass cover of Fortunate Son. Yeah. You know, so Kid Rock, take that. Well, let's say Fortunate Son is a song that has been oh, remade 4,860 yeah, no times. And, exactly. And, and there's been good why... ones, whatever, you know. I like the one Dave Grohl did with John Fogarty. You yeah. know, this. But just, I'm, I know there's been other ones I like, and I'm just drawing a blank, but yeah. there, like you mentioned, there's something about this one that they didn't mm-hmm. do it in the, they didn't do it, like when it starts, you don't really realize what it is until that kind of, you, you recognize that guitar at the beginning, and then when he starts singing, that's really, really yeah. kicks in, and so they kind of made it their own, which was good. It, exactly, and that's why I think this is probably the best cover of that song I've ever heard. A uh, Mainline is a great song. I mean, you know, the, the, the opener, long way to go. Yeah. Uh, it's great and it's got a great message. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you like, you know, uh, if you like hard rock, you know, if you like classic rock, I mean, this is, this is your deal. Yeah. And that song, the title track makes some noise. It's just like you could hear this played live as a set opener, you know, forever. Mm hmm. It's just that get up, stand up, sing along with me, clap your hands kind of song, you know. And speaking of covers, they end the thing with a badass cover of Join Together. Yep. And, I mean, if if people are are making covers of Credence and The Who and they're up to standard. Yeah. You know, those two bands on one album, you know, you know you're doing something right. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got guys in this band from... White Snake and Thin Lizzy and I guess you could say Motley Crue. Yeah. And, you know, there was guys from Guns N' Roses in it. And there's, you know, Brian Tishy's played with everybody, everybody you could think of. <laughs> yeah. You know, Foreigner. This, I mean, this, there's a good group of names, but what you alluded to earlier is a good point that it's a super group, but it doesn't really sound like a super group. No. Like you don't feel, you just feel like you're listening to... A band, you know. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't feel like a one-off. It feels like this is something that's going to stick around, and it's something you can depend on. Yeah, which is key. Which is good too, because you know we went years and years with like, man, I wish John Crabby would come yeah. out with some music, exactly. you know, or just get the chance to be in a band. You know, over the past several years, we've been lucky enough that we've got besides just the Dead Daisies several releases from Crabby, and it looks like there's going to be more. Yeah, so. I'm thankful for that as a diehard fan of that guy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're they're already huge in South America. Yeah. You know, they're like the fucking Beatles in South America. Uh, They're always opening for Kiss. They're always getting good slots. Yeah, the Kiss thing is in America right now, too. Yeah, yeah, sure They're getting ready to start doing that on these shows, which is great. When you mentioned South America, they did a... You can look up on YouTube. There's a short documentary they did in Cuba, right? I think that's where it was. Okay. Where they, like before they were making revolution it's like a 15 20 minute i think documentary about going there and starting making the album and everything it's really cool to see as well yeah and that's for free on youtube (laughs) but yeah once again make some noise it's on all the everywhere you can buy music that's right so go buy it hell yeah all right well let's talk about through the stone let's let's talk about it let's do it let's well we're gonna play a song yeah so maybe we should just play a song before we talk about, or you talk about, yeah, the show and all that stuff, just so people that aren't familiar with them can can get a grasp of what we're talking about here. That's right. We're gonna play decisions, decisions, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it.
got Decisions, Decisions from Through the Stone off their self-titled album. This whole album is fantastic. Yes, it is. You know, we've championed these guys for a while. You know, we played them a couple other times, you know, earlier in the year and I think towards the end of last year. So it's great to be able to play it again and just, you know, talk about them. Exactly. I just encourage you, you know, you know, a lot of people are on the fence about bands that, you know, they haven't heard of before, but they're on Spotify and they're on YouTube. You can hear the whole album, and I guarantee you that if you like heavy rock, you'll like it. Yeah, I mean, if you like heavy, riffy, uh, just Sabbathy type kind of stuff, yeah. I mean, this is this is right up your alley. This is your deal. Um, it's 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 produced amazingly. It sounds great. All the performances are awesome. Uh, <clears throat> they were in town last week uh, while you were seeing Guns N' Roses. So, uh, so my know. first question is, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Yes. Um, Kate's vocals are just unbelievable on they, this album. They're, you know, just, what's the right word? You used the word evil before. Yeah. They're just, they're bone-crushingly badass. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> so and the big question is, when she stepped on stage, was it the same? It was exactly the same, okay. uh, maybe better. Wow. Because, and not only, I mean, can she sing? She can sing perfectly. Uh, she's powerful. Very powerful. Uh, one of those deals like Steelheart, where she's holding the microphone way out here, oh, way wow. away from her her face, and I mean, she's it's still just loud as hell. I mean, it, it was... It was insane. It was so good, and she made it look so easy. I mean, it was just... I mean, I, I was I was in awe. And, you know, our buddy Jason Carroll went with me, and he was just like, man, what the hell, you know? <laughs> he, he, was, he was really surprised, too, and I wasn't surprised. I knew, I knew, you know, when she got up on stage, I was like, watch this. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was... It, it was... Such a treat to watch, especially in that, um, you know, that, that environment, that up close, intimate deal. Billy and Renee's, by the way. Yes, yes. And thanks to them, uh, for having this band, uh, in. Um, well, so the, I mean, this music, not just her voice, the music on this album, you know, is amazing as well. So yeah, did I mean, that come across live? Oh, the same it, it came across amazingly. I mean, the rhythm section was, was pulsing, uh, the guitar player. Um, you know, he could play like a motherfucker, but at the same time he knew when not to play and just, you know, maybe add in a couple of nuances and just kind of let the, you know, the, the bass and the drums carry, carry things. And I mean, it was just so, uh, so well put together and such a treat to watch, uh, through the stone. You guys have got to check this band out. You have to. Yeah, you can find them on Facebook and Reverb Nation. And like I said, YouTube and Spotify. You can buy their stuff as well. Yeah, and it was great to meet Kate. Uh, she was awesome. Uh, me and Jason got to talk to the bass player for a little bit. Um, so it was just a, it was a, a good night. And it was a, a great set of uh, hard rock. That's cool. Good yeah. to hear. Yeah, it was, was awesome. Whenever she sent a message and said, hey, we're finally making it. Because, you know, she had said several months ago they yeah. were looking at coming through this area of the country. And yeah. And then she sent the date, and I was just like, my heart sunk. I'm like, you finally, they finally made it, and then I'm gonna be out of town. Yep. And uh, but they, you know, they went clear down. I know to Austin, and um, I think Kansas City, and yeah. I can't remember all the shows they did, but you know, they're they're from Nebraska, and they made their way down through here into South Texas and back up. So hopefully that, hopefully they had a successful run, and they can, you know, do this more often. Yeah, get the name out, and you know, funnily enough. Kate had talked about how she'd been having some some throat problems, some voice problems, and you know on on the way on the way to Tulsa, she was in, in the back of the van, you know, you know, drinking honey and lemon and all that kind of stuff, which had to suck on a hundred degrees, you know. Right. And you know, she got up there and sang, and you had no you had no indication that she was having difficulties at all. Wow! I mean, it was just absolutely professional. That's good to hear. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, 
like you said, if you love your Sabbath, you love stoner rock. I mean, they kind of borderline into that, you know. If yeah. You just love heavy rock. You'll love these guys. Yeah, promise. definitely. All right. Well, when you were at Through the Stone, like we mentioned, I was at Guns N' Roses. Yep. And and let me just say, you've been back. You've been back for a while, but I purposely have not asked you about this. I haven't. Right. I haven't gone into it because I I want to. I want to hear it as we're recording, as it's going. Nice. Uh, so this is, you know, the first. I, I I'm hearing it just like everybody else out there. So get <laughs> into it. Well, let's preface it with the fact that I'll probably say "badass" or "amazing" or whatever more than I should. <laughs> okay. You know, this is my favorite band yep. since I was a kid. Yep. And you know what more you know can I say other you know to try to say without using the same adjectives over and over. You yeah. Know? But, you know, of course, everybody, you know, likes to bitch about Axel and bitch about Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. But if you paid attention since this started and even before this with the, well, the early shows and then the ACDC stuff, you know, he's been getting a lot of praise. Yeah. You know, critically. And there's stuff, obviously, like any show nowadays, there's a million things on YouTube you can go look for yourself. Yeah. And, I mean, he sounds awesome. Yeah. And there's no... There's no reason to say Slash sounds awesome. There's never been a time where he didn't. He didn't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not even that's not even a worry. But I'll just say got to Dallas and I had pit tickets for both shows. Okay. Because I figure, like I said, this is my favorite band. Who knows if if, you, yeah, if, if they're gonna keep again, doing this, yeah. you know, they might very well keep going for a few years, come back around in a year or two, a couple years, but in case they don't, you know, I'm taking exactly. a chance while yeah. I got it. I don't blame you. So I went to Dallas. And then Houston two nights later. Okay. And the doors open, you know, with pit tickets, if you want to be in the front, like with any show like this, you're like, well, you got to get there early, get in the front, and then hold your bladder for six yeah. hours or yeah. whatever, and not drink anything while you're there, so you need to go piss or anything. Now we know I could <laughs> never do that. Anyways. <laughs> I pulled it off an Iron Maiden, I pulled it off Bruce Springsteen, you know, a few other things like this, you know. Yeah. And I'll just say that those two things I just mentioned along with a few other random shows, this shows up there or the two shows together as one of my greatest concert experiences ever. Yes. And that's nice. just because of, especially the Houston one, because Dallas, we got Dallas, you know, Dallas and Houston, both there's shitloads of traffic everywhere, especially when you're trying to get to a stadium. Yeah. And I'd left in more enough time to get there, to get over there and get to the doors by seven. And, uh, but of course, with tons of traffic, finally getting parked and getting over there. I didn't get over there till seven thirty or something. Yeah. But with that being said, really, it was just the people that had got there super early that had lined the rail, and a few other random people down there that even getting in there thirty minutes after the doors open, I still got up there to. There was one person or two people in front of me. Yeah. That, you know, I think someone had squeezed in or something, but that's basically it. Wow. So for that first show. I was like right off center, you know, the stage. If you hadn't seen on YouTube or anything like that, you know, it's got the, whatever you call it, part of the stage sticks out in the crowd. Yeah. And the pit section is divided by that thing that comes out. Yeah. And, but you can actually walk to either side. It was weird. They sold tickets like you're getting one side or the other. I see. And Ticketmaster shows it as being two separate sections, but there's like a pathway where you can walk between either way you want. Okay. Basically, it's, you know, there's no elaborate stage other than like any big production like this. You know, there's a drum riser and then there's stairs going up the sides and the platform going behind the drums where they can walk around (laughs) and the massive screens behind that and on both sides. I mean, just like Guns N' Roses back in the day, all of them utilize the entire stage. Yes. You know, Axel's running all over the place, Slash, every once in a while takes off running, (laughs) you know, and he... So no matter who you're, you know, if you've got a favorite guy in the band or if you're way on one side of the stage and you just wished you could see someone else, they're all going to come in front of you at some point. Yeah. So there's not any worries about that. It's not like seeing some band where they're just stuck in their position, you know? Yeah. I don't know where to begin, you know? It's like they, (laughs) they, they kicked it off with It's So Easy and just like they always do. And then third, okay, here's something to say. The third song in was Chinese Democracy. Really? Yeah, and they played four Chinese Democracy songs at both shows. Really? And I knew that going into it because, yeah. you know, of course, I've looked at the set list every night. Yeah. And 
you know, I've seen, I've read stuff online, some people bitching about it, some people thinking it's awesome. And personally, I don't care. You know, I like the album. Yeah. Unlike a lot of people. Yeah. And, but, you know, as being a big fan, I would have said, well, maybe just two and then put in something yeah. like Pretty Tied Up or, yeah. you know, The Garden or some other deep cut, you know. Well, you know, Slash yeah. doesn't mind. I mean, he's played a Super Bowl with goddamn Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. He, he probably doesn't give a shit to do it. Wunder Slash will play he, anywhere at any time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he's played on no. Insane Clown Posse album. I mean, yeah, yeah. so he apparently doesn't care, right? Yeah. Slash, we need to talk, man. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, it's like, I, I like that album and the guitar work on it's phenomenal because, you know, when you got guys like Buckethead and Bumblefoot and yeah, who else played on it? Paul Tobias, I don't know, but like, you know, it's phenomenal. It's great guitar work, but like I've said about a lot of guitarists, you could be better in Slash, but you don't sound better in Slash. That's right. And, you know, his soul, his tone, all that stuff. Tone city. Yeah. And so whenever you put that into the Chinese democracy songs, it gives the solos more life. Okay. And it just kind of makes them even more something where it's like, man, I kind of wish now they'd re-record this with the current lineup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'm sure if they do something, they're obviously going to do new stuff, but it would just yeah. be cool to hear because there's... Half half the songs on that album could easily fit on a Use Your Illusion album. Yeah. You know, and it's, just, it's got the same sound. Most people just don't give it a chance to find that out. Yeah. Oh, I get it, yeah. But I got ahead of myself. The Cult opened up in Dallas. Okay. Okay. And the Cult kicks ass. We know that. You know, it's great to see them on a big stage like that. They got a good response. I looked around, and of course, most people there, you know, knew, like, Firewoman. Of course. And like, oh, yeah. You know that, and I saw. I looked around. I saw one or two other guys kind of singing along to most of the songs, but most of it was Firewoman and you know Love Removal Machine. Those pe- people knew that, and she saw Sanctuary. But even without that, when they played other songs, they played Rise, which shocked me because they didn't even play that when we saw them on the headline tour. Right? Yeah, and then oh yeah, that's right. You texted me. Yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> and then they played a uh, you know a new song and Rain and wildflower and all that and they yeah. uh, they still got a great response you know from the crowd even with songs you know that 75 percent of people in there didn't know yeah the new cult probably more than that didn't know the new cult song but they still <laughs> got a good response which was good to see and it was kind of you know they went on at eight o'clock and it wasn't filled up yet mm-hmm. but it was still several thousands of people in there oh yeah because i mean i don't know what the numbers were but the cowboy stadium was filled clear up to the top rafter and the top rafter was kind of you know spat, you know spattered a little bit wow but the whole floor and whole all other sections and i mean that place is like the biggest stadium in the nfl yeah I think now. yeah it's huge i know when wrestlemania was there it had one hundred six thousand people or something damn and this obviously can't hold that many for this show but yeah still you know so there's tens of thousands of people there anyway so the cold <laughs> kicked ass guns and roses kicked ass there nice you go. nice and, what they close? What they close with again? Paradise City. That's right. Sorry, sorry. Okay. They closed the set before the encore with Night Train, and he even has a three horns mounted on the front of that part of the stage that jets out. Okay. Like you know that are probably like three foot big. Yeah. Along, and you know he grabs a little, you know, hand button thing and yeah. hits it. You know, for the horn at the beginning of Night Train. Yeah. And no, the thing's mounted on the stage the whole show just for that moment, you know. Because, yeah, when you're Guns N' Roses, you can do that. Right. Damn right. But so, I will say, glad they, of course, they play that every show, but that's my favorite song yeah. ever. So, and they played Coma. Okay. At both shows. Okay. So they're playing it at all the shows. Well, now, let me ask you something. You said, you know, earlier, you said especially Houston. What made the Houston show so special? Well, I got, made sure to get there early. Ah, uh, okay. That the the now was a cutting it close too. Like driving from Dallas to Houston was, you know, it's like a three and a half hour drive. Yeah. But with traffic, it took almost six hours. Damn. Just because there's construction and traffic everywhere, and getting into Houston at rush hour and all this oh, stuff. Oh shit. And the gates there open at six thirty. Mm-hmm. And I pulled into a parking spot at a hotel at the you know right across from the stadium. Yeah. Um, at six eighteen. Shit. 
got out of the car, ran over, got in line, and there was, you know, at that point, probably already 50 people in line in front of us. Wow. And, and then they had it marked off on the different things. It said, like, GA only, which was pit, and then, like, four yeah. seats only, and then, like, upper sections. And people were just standing in this line, and the lady came around and asked, said, if you're not GA, you can't be in this line. And 40 people probably left the line. Really? So we got up to, like, 10 people in front of us. Yes. And Score. Yeah. And then they opened the gates, and Houston, Dallas was, like, smooth. Like, you walked in, they scanned the ticket, walked in, went over, got your wrist pain, went down there. Houston was a clusterfuck. Like, wow. Their people was taking, they couldn't scan the phone tickets. When the second, you know, he was <sighs> scanning it, he's like, I can't get this to work. He's not someone, they're like, you got to do this or that. And he's, like, scanning it sideways. I'm like, it's this way. And you're like. So I'm like putting a shade so he can see what he's doing. And then he still can't get a scan. He's like, just go ahead and go. Don't tell anybody. I'm like, well, like I care. I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, no kidding. And then like. Like you care about that guy's <laughs> fucking job. And then they. At they, that point. They checked the ticket three more times, which, you know, I understand at some points, but it's like they checked it even after I got the floor wristband. And then after I got the pit wristband and they checked it again before I went in the pit. I'm like, I've got the wristband on. Yeah. With it marked, you know, but anyway. <laughs> it just took way longer than it should have. But the point is, I got there in time, got up on the rail. Yes. I was basically just a few foot over from where I was in the show before. Okay. You know, just on Duff's side and got up there and got right on the rail and stayed there, you know, from 6.45 or whenever it was we finally got in there till 1 in the morning. Yeah. Something like that. So, so what was, um like, did the set list differ? Yeah. They did? Okay. Yeah, they changed. The first night they played My Michelle, Patience, and Sorry from Chinese okay. Democracy. And the second night they played Catcher in the Rye, and then Out to Get Me and Don't Cry. Okay. Instead of those other three. Nice, nice. Now, was there, did he talk to the crowd a lot at all? or No. Really? He did, like here and there, but like they played for two hours and 45 minutes both nights. Wow. And that was almost... That was extremely little downtime. Like that's awesome. I'm not talking like if Phil and Selma's on stage, it's two hours and 45 minutes. That's actually, you know, one hour and 58 minutes of music. Exactly. This isn't like that. <laughs> this was probably two hours and 38 minutes of music. You that's know, great. Or more. So and you're it, getting your money's worth. Yeah. 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 Just never stop. Like, you know, like the song would stop, go black, and then come back up. They start the next song, and it was just like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he... Just said thanks after songs, you know, it's great to see you. Thanks for being here, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, so I got a question for you guys. Is this Dallas or is this Arlington? Because all these things right here say Arlington. I don't really know what's going on. And then walked off and started singing a song. <laughs> but. <laughs> Saying no Steven Adler. No. Damn it. Sorry, Trent. Yeah. Hey, it was still, it was still great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. I'm glad you got to go. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean. It'd be like, for me, it'd be like if Metallica stopped playing in 1994 and just now came back and started playing again. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. so I, I definitely understand and I'm, I'm happy that you got to see that. You needed yeah. it. You needed to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I just kept thinking about it afterwards and it's like, I'm not joking. That second night was two hours and 45 minutes and it felt like an hour. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those ones where it was yeah. that good. You know, I've been to shows that were an hour that felt, twice as long as this yeah no shit you know it's just yep. like it just flew by and they're playing tons of songs that are eight ten minutes long you know yeah. with coma and november rain and estranged and yeah Man, that's knocking great. on heaven's door extended and all that stuff did they do the little reggae breakdown with knocking no. on heaven's door they still did this long breakdown Those like bastards. richard fortis had a solo then slash had a really long solo and then axel did his whole i'm gonna sing and you're gonna sing but there was no give me some reggae there's none of that damn it <laughs> I really liked when they did that. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, you can look up on YouTube like that thing where someone put like Axel saying, give me some reggae for 20 minutes or something like that. <laughs> all right. Another thing to mention, I had looked at all the set lists, yeah. you know, like leading up to this and they yeah. were changing stuff here and there. But the last several shows leading up to this, they were, it was pretty much the same. I, I think Patience and Don't Cry would flip flop and that's yeah. it. But, um, and Duff was singing New Rose. Most nights, but he was singing Attitude earlier in the tour. Okay. But then when we got to Dallas, he sang, he sang Attitude, 
which was badass. That's great. And it, God. Well, he introed it with "Can't put your arms around a memory," which was cool. Yeah. You know, like the opening part of that until that gets fast, and then uh, went right in attitude and did the same thing in Houston. Yeah. But it was badass. I didn't care about the same thing. <laughs> and the other thing of note, Houston made some news with the fact that. A few minutes into November rain. Oh, that's right. See that? yeah, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> like totally forgot. I don't know. Two or three, maybe not even two minutes into it, you know, because they play a Richard Fortas and Slash play Wish You Were Here, like a full on version of it. Really? Just guitars though, no vocals. And uh and then as soon as that ends, like while that's in, you know, they're up there playing it on the behind the drums yeah. on the riser. You know, with the lights on them and everything's dark. And while they're doing that, they roll the grand piano out into that middle part of yeah. the jetted out stage. And then so when the lights come back up, Axel comes out there and sets down and they play Layla or the end of Layla. But the whole end of it, the whole heavy, fast part. Wow. And uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you know, so I mean, that's why this thing's two hours and 45 yeah. minutes, you know, and they, you know, and that sounds great. And then as soon as Layla ends, then he starts November Rain. Yeah. And. You know, in Dallas, it went off perfect, sounded great. Then in Houston, a minute or two into it, it's not one of these things where, like, a musician, you know, you know, musicians will say, this sucked, you know, it sounded like shit, but, like, no one in the crowd hears it. Yeah. It's just all them, you know. Yeah. And maybe it did, but no one notices it because it's so minor. Yeah. But you could notice this. Really? Like, it was, like, a real pinging, like, weird sound. And, you know, and Axel's, like, starts laughing. And then he, like, looks back and then keeps playing. And he's like, what the fuck is that? Like, he says that on the mic, like, in between in between verses. And then keeps going. And then he's like, all right, stop. He's like, no, stop. Everybody stop. And, like, everybody stops. And, like, <laughs> Slash is kind of, like, walking and stops and is, like, looking at him. And I'm like, this is it. <laughs> I'm here. I get to say that I'm here for this moment. You know? Seeing the meltdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, still kind of like smiling, but it's like a real sarcastic smile, yeah. you know? And then I thought he said, um, no, then he says, well, yeah, the fucking piano's broken. What the, what do you, you know, what do you fucking suggest? And he's like, looking back, he can't tell who he's looking at. Yeah. I thought he was looking at Dizzy, like maybe it was his keyboard. Oh, but yeah. I guess he was looking at a tech and he's like, we're all right, let's just fucking go for it, you know? And, and then they start playing. And then within a minute, I'm not joking, a minute of this happening, the road, the crew, the stage crew rolls out a new grand piano. Shit. Axl Rose has a backup grand piano <laughs> backstage ready to go, which makes sense, I guess, on a tour that grand you on, need it. On in a case, grand scale with that much money at stake and... In case something goes wrong. Yeah, all that. You've got to... You know, but they had it out there within a minute. But the funny thing was, you know, he's facing straight sideways yeah and they rolled it out on a side i'm on that his back was facing yeah and you know so he would have had to like look backwards to see it and he never looked backwards so he as far as i could tell he never knew it was there really and he never you know and they put it out there i guess in case he wanted to get up and walk over to it mm -hmm. and then once it got to the the part you know where the song changes and goes in that fast part at the end yeah he uh they came back out and rolled it off when they realized he wasn't going to go to it. So it's like he never even saw this whole thing take place. Wow, that's crazy. And they never, in all the, I read all the several stories about that, you know, on different oh, news, yeah. news sites, and none of them ever mentioned that either. Because it's all just from based off of YouTube videos where someone was like straight on Axel. Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of funny that that wasn't like ever mentioned. Like, here's a whole new piano, but it's not like he's going to say, stop the song again and get up and, yeah. you know, cause it, <laughs> you can't just like keep playing without his part. Cause that's pretty intricate to that song. Yeah. But, and then at the end of the song, he says, all I heard was, well, at least you could learn your fucking parts. And he was looking backwards and I'm like, was he talking to, <laughs> to Dizzy or Frank or something? Cause he was looking right at them, you know? And then he's like, well, that was pretty embarrassing. And then walks off stage and then they start the next song and he comes back out and goes on it like anything else. Really? And uh, Wow. But then I'd read later on all the reports was he said, I don't I don't mind Ghost and Gremlins, but at least they could learn their fucking parts. So I guess he was referring to the piano fucking up. Yeah. So he wasn't like looking at Dizzy or whatever like I was thinking. 
I was like, well, maybe we're still going to see a breakdown after the show. But, <laughs> but regardless, the main point here is that if this was 1993, oh, that Jesus. would have been the end of the show. Yeah, there would have been a riot, all <laughs> kinds of shit. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, 23 years later, and I guess that sign Axel is a matured adult, a kinder, more gentler Axel Rose. Yeah. Trent. He's not only 28 like he was in Strange in 1991. That's right. <laughs> Well, like I said, that well, that's that's a great story, and uh, it's it's great that uh, Thunder Underground was represented there. Yeah, I forgot the second night I was there. I'm like, why didn't I bring T-shirt in here? Because I thought of it in Dallas. Yeah, and then I was in such a hurry in Houston that yeah. I forgot to grab it. But I was literally gonna like just throw it at Duff at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, I would just hope. I'm sure it just end up in a roadie's hand thrown in the trash or something. <laughs> but like, it's worth a shot. You, you know? never know. You never know. Because, you know, I mean, we're literally, I mean, literally at the barrier, you know, on a grand stage, si- size that stage, you know, there's still several feet be- yeah. between you and the, yeah. the oh, stage. Yeah, definitely. You know, because there's room for all the, the, the crew guys and the security and all that. But you were like right there close enough that, you know, whenever, you know, Richard Fortas, you know, was doing his spinning around, like you just see the, the, the sweat flying off his hair in circles. You really? Know, like that's how close you were. If you threw, if you, if you had thrown a shirt, could you have made it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was like eight foot. Okay, you know, gotcha. If I had gotcha. wadded it up in a roll and tossed it. You know? Okay. Because, I mean, he, he was tossing, they were all tossing people picks, like directly to people. Yeah. You know, oh, that's that kind great. of thing. That's great. And, but anyway, like other things have mentioned, you know, it's good for hard rock and rock and roll in general. Yeah, that there's it's... something this big because that, there isn't anything out there with a single band that's playing Football stadiums. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, everything is like, you know, I mean, Metallic even, you know, plays arenas. Yeah. They fill them up, but still it's like, I'm sure Metallica, well, they are, they're playing Minneapolis yeah. at the Viking Stadium and filling it up. Mm-hmm. And they could probably do that without Event Sevenfold and Volbeat being there. Yeah. But I don't know, could Metallica fill up football stadiums for a full tour? Because they tour enough that it's not as a, a big a deal thing. to some people, yeah. you know? I have an idea. Yeah. Summer 2017. Guns N' Roses, Metallica, they call it the do-over. Yeah. You fuck, why well, body count open? They fucking did last time. <laughs> yeah. They're Faith still No here. More is back together. Faith No More, god damn it. Yeah. I mean. It's funny you, know. you mentioned that yesterday. I was talking about this at work and Justin said, hey, if next year's the 25th anniversary of that tour, if Guns and, if Axel and yep. Slash can get back together, then Guns N' Roses and, and Metallica, Metallica can get back together. That's, that's right. And that's right. Like he said, Jason Newstead was the one that seemed to have the most problem with people anyways, and he's not yep. there. And Rob's cool with everybody. So. That's right. right. Yeah, Rob's cool with absolutely everybody. Yeah. So let's do this. Yeah. Hashtag the do-over tour. <laughs> I'm fucking starting it now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I just hope, you know, I mean, they've announced all this stuff for South America. You know they're going to go to Europe and Australia yes. and Japan and all that stuff. But hopefully we're fortunate enough it comes back around. I'll go again. I don't care. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I yeah. really would. Yeah, because you can't, well, like I just said, you don't see that kind of stuff yeah. on that grand of a scale. Yeah, you can't not so see it's, it. Yeah. It's great to to have something like back, like that back in the rock world. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, and Skrillex opened up Houston, and that sucked ass. Okay, well, that's all we We can <laughs> just keep going. Let me, let me just uh, say real quick. Fuck. I'll just say this. It's like I've seen stuff like that before live. Like I saw Bass Nectar at D-Fest. Yeah. You know, and whenever you're, you've had a few libations, you know, and, you know, bass nectar is a little different. It's a little more straight up DJ where he's mixing in guitar work and this stuff. And it's yeah. like, he's not really fucking with people's vocals and stuff. And it, it sounds cool. You know, you're like, I can get into this, you know, for a little bit. But Skrillex, we know this has got, you know what this is. It's a DJ slash dubstep. And he's Ugh. like, you know, distorting people's, you know, you're listening to Seek and Destroy. You know, and it's like, wow, you know, it's just like fucked up, whatever. I mean, he he was smart enough to obviously he completely played to the audience. It was all, you know, Sabbath and Pantera and Metallica and Iron Maiden and Motley Crue and whatever. And, you know, people were cheering. It wasn't like a full on cheer like it was obviously for Guns N' Roses, but there was enough cheers to where it was a good reception. Yeah. But I looked around and like there was like two people down there in the pit near me that were like 
happy it was going on. Everybody else is standing like, okay, when's the shit gonna end? Ugh. And the, the problem, but the problem I had with it was if I was back in the seat, I'd been like, okay, I can look at my phone. Yeah. Be done with it. But I was on the rail and you know how the rail has any of those rails has that flat thing that sets on the ground that goes out a few foot. Yeah. And you're standing on that. So the vibrations from everything was resonating through that metal that I'm Ugh. standing on. And there, I couldn't leave because then someone's going to get my spot. So it was just like this, like literally making your stomach sick from the bass vibrating through your body. <laughs> that just like, I couldn't even explain. Just like, if that wasn't happening, I could have just ignored it and went yeah. away. But, and, you know, I'm just getting annoyed with him fucking up all these songs. Yeah. And then, then they start playing Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, okay, now he's going to fuck up Freddie Mercury's vocals. He's taking it too far. Yeah. But that's the only credit I'm going to give him. He, he played the full thing. And didn't do anything to his vocals. Wow. So props to him for that, and that's where that's the only props I'm Dude, I give that go I give that guy no props. Dude, go <laughs> grab a guitar and go back to your apartment <laughs> or your mansion or whatever. <laughs> Alright. Well, like you said, you're glad I got to go. I'm glad I got to go. Hell yeah. I'm sure I forgot something, I'll think about it later. But anyway. There'll be another people episode. Are probably, people are probably tired of me talking about guns and roses now. Never. Alright. Never. <laughs> All right, well, moving along, I haven't even mentioned DeepThunderUnderground.com yet. We're getting pretty deep in here. Go there. Yeah, go there. Go to that website. We've got all these other episodes. We'll talk about that here in a minute, but, you know, they're all embedded on there. They're on SoundCloud. We've also got reviews. Jason just did one on a band called King Buffalo. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's a great, another great band, you know, like Through the Stone. You need to check out, you know, just check out these these bands that aren't as well known as Guns N' Roses. Yeah, or, and and if you liked Be It The Means that we reviewed a while back, you're gonna you're gonna love King Buffalo. Jason Carroll, he's talking to you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Carroll probably turned it off halfway through the Guns N' Roses thing because I don't nah. think he cares much for them. Nah. But anyway, he loves our voices, so he's he's still listening. There you go. <laughs> well. We've got something else we need to talk about. You got something you want to say first? And he loves to Facebook shame me. Oh, that's right. That shit's got to stop. <laughs> you just set it on record, it's got to stop? By God. Anyways, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> you need to just take a bunch of five-hour energies and get all, you know, jittery and stuff and wait for him to pass out. Yeah, and I'll paint his head like a fucking baseball. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to talk about another album that came out last week, like Dead Daisies did. Mm-hmm. And that's the new one from Jackal. Oh, Yes. Now this this thing kicks fucking ass, uh, and I don't know what the title stands for or means or how it's pronounced. You said you do, so take it away. Well, it's all capital letters. It's R O W Y C O. Okay, rock out with your cock out. Oh, why didn't I fucking? <laughs> and there's a there's a rooster on the goddamn cover. How did I not? F- yeah. how, did I, how did I not get that? It's jackal. It makes sense. Well, I know. It almost makes sense. Like why didn't? Jesse James Dupree's not ever been the one to hide behind acronyms or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? God, you know, to quote mall rats, I'm slipping in my old age. Right. Comics here at my mall, and I didn't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> slipping. Yeah. Well, as usual, Jackal does rock out with their cock out. Yes. And, whether it be on stage or on record. And, and this one, they, they do. I mean, uh, the last one, uh, all Jackal is good Jackal. The last one, though, didn't grab me as much and i think this album is it's it's like it's too uh their debut what headed for destruction was or push comes to shove was i mean i mean this this album is like it's mature and it's like it's heavier it's still got all that signature jackal stuff but like disaster piece the opening track is just like it's fucking monumental and it's you know and there's no good time vibe here it's just you know it's all it's just killer from start to finish you know it's got a dirge it's got you know it's almost kind of grungy in a way i mean it's just uh you know you know talk shit all you want you know the redneck thing and the chainsaw i mean these guys can really do a lot of different shit. And this opening track, Disaster Pieces, is a prime example of that. Yeah, I mean, 
like you said, it's just like there's something when you first listen to this, there's something about it that is every one of their yeah. albums has a little bit of a different feel. Yeah, yeah, it know, does. Kind of, but this one there's just something about it that's different. You know, it's just like more intense yeah. than anything they've ever done, mm-hmm. I guess would be the right way to say it. And I'd read something you know, last week, I think, where he had said that it was his most personal lyrically. Because, you know, like you said, most of the stuff's, you know, like, in your face, you know, just like about sex or whatever. Yeah. You know, just something more comedic. You know, I mean, there's serious stuff, like when Moonshine and Dynamite, Dynamite Clyde had yeah. some serious stuff. But it's like, this one seems to be, for the most part, that way. Yeah. And it's just like the feel of it feels more like a classic a classic album than it does like a new album. Yeah. But it feel, it doesn't sound dated if that's not what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's, you, you summed it up way better than I did. It's not that the last one didn't grab me because it's all good. And, you know, that was a great track and, you know, uh, but I don't know. I think it's just this, this one, it just really grabbed me. No, that was two albums ago. Best in Show was the last one. That's right. Best in Show. Yeah. And yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. No, I know what you're talking about now. Sorry. Sorry. I got it. <laughs> I know which album we're talking about. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's not that, but it, this one just really, like, they were really fucking, we mean business on this one. And you could tell. And that's, that's just kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, like the, one of the songs that jumped out to me, probably the most was everyone's a winner yeah because it's real jackal has always been compared to acdc yeah more so for his vocal style than anything yeah but you know the music even has that kind of feel at times but not not really yeah but anyway this song's really one that just sounds like 70s era bon scott yeah you know it's that real kind of mid-tempo groove you know bluesy but heavy you know, it's just, but it doesn't sound like Kicks Girl Money where they're just ripping it <laughs> off. And, you know, no offense to that. I've, everyone knows I love Kicks no, and Girl Money is a kicks. badass song. Yeah, but I'm just is. saying, it sounds exactly like Bon Scott or ACDC. This, yeah. this doesn't, but it does, you know, yeah. so that's a little bit cooler in that sense. Well, you know, for me, I mean, I mean, the song that, that I, one of my favorite songs on the record, which is getting back to the good old, you know, jackalisms and the drinking just because I'm drunk drunk doesn't mean I'm wrong. And I tell you why I like that song because I can really identify with it, especially lately with what I'm going through. (laughs) And if there was any song I would dedicate to that person, it would be this goddamn song. Just because (laughs) I'm drunk doesn't mean you're right. So bam. Right. And anyway, it's a good, yeah, it is. It's a good, you know, the the ballad jackal, the jackal ballad, yes, you know, the exactly. sense, you know, like um, secret of the bottle and that kind of thing. They're good at that kind of thing, even though they don't do it that often. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. it's cool to have one of these here. You and, know, and I and the, oh, the second thing I was going to say is, it seems to me, you know, he's kind of flexing his voice a little bit in this song. You know, he kind of goes uh, into some avenues you don't hear him do a lot so i thought that was really cool you know with the deeper stuff and just kind of just being a little bit more you know broad uh and just a little bit more just hanging it out there which is weird because he always fucking hangs it out there yeah but i don't know just listen and maybe you'll understand what i'm trying to say but yeah dude i mean you know you're asking me a million goddamn questions when i ain't got a goddamn thing to hide (laughs) i'm telling you man i mean out of the park, hit a home run. Yeah, and that's what I mean. People that don't haven't haven't followed them close enough, you know, you got to realize Justin Dupree's, in my eyes, Gene Simmons level genius. Yeah, he is. You know, I mean, as far really as like is. as far as his marketing ability, what you know he's done. Well, the whole band's done because they've all kept this together. This yeah. the same group now. I mean, it's not the original lineup, but the same core guys for twenty plus years. Yeah, and. You know, him spearheading this and with, you know, the image he portrays on stage. And then, of course, all the stuff he's got going on with, you know, the whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff he's got going on with uh, the, what's it called? Up in Sturgis. Um, the, Jesus, what is that called? <laughs> we just completely draw the book. I know. I, fuck, I watched every watch season of that time. fucking yeah. show. Full uh, throttle. Full throttle saloon. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is, is he's super fucking smart. And, you know... 
you know, you hear the yah yah and the chainsaw. <laughs> no, there's way more layers to this guy, and he's super smart. He's got a lot of irons in the fire, and he makes them all fucking hot. Yeah. And his whiskey's good. Yes. It's yeah, not it just is. some cheap knockoff with his name on it. It's good. It is quality shit. Yeah. Mike DiPetrillo will agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Driver. Of course. Always. Who we will see at Streets Gone Wild. Plug for that. Coming up in about a month. <laughs> That's right. But speaking of Jackal and live shows, they're coming to Oklahoma City on September 1st. Yep. At the Diamond Ballroom. We're going to be there. Yes. They're going to have Drunk on Monday opening. They're okay. going to have Chasing Jenny opening. Nice. And they're going to have Searching for Sanity out of Tulsa opening. Okay. Which I do believe this is their final show. I don't really oh, know. This, I don't I know the story know behind that. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know the story. I just read that it's their final show. I okay. guess they're just decided to move on and do other stuff. But, gotcha. You know, so look out for that. They're a great live band. So it's cool that their final show is on a show like this. Yeah. Yeah. What a way to, what a way to cap it off there. Yeah. And speaking of Jackal, Jeff Worley's got a new book out. It's oh, been I got to get few, my hands on this. It's been dude. out now a few months, and neither one of us has got it. We're slacking. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that guy. You know, I don't know yeah. why. He's just always been the guy that I was drawn to in Jackal. You know, I just, yep. just kind of. Well, oozed. you see him up he just, there. He's just cool as shit. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. It's just like one of those people without yeah. sounding like a dork. He just, that guy just oozes coolness, you yeah, know? Exactly. And you're just like, man, I wish. It's kind of like he's like the Keith Richards, you know, of exactly, yeah, of cock yeah, rock. That's, that's you know? a good way to <laughs> cock know? rock. You son of a bitch, you said cock rock. I had to say it because oh, it's geez. Jackal. They have cock in their names, you know. <laughs> she loves my cock. Rock out with your cock out. There right? you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing, you know. I mean, we could talk about this more when we talk about that show. But Jackal came out in like '92. Yeah. At the at the end of the, the glam era. Yeah. Whenever. Anyone coming out at, in that year had no shot. But the thing is, they weren't they weren't a glam band. They yeah. weren't a hair metal band. But they got always lumped in with those bands. I know, which fucking sucks. And I mean, they don't. They seem to not care. They, they'll play the festivals. They'll play shows with all these bands, and it fits. It makes sense. It's got the same fan base. But mm -hmm. their music is nothing like that. No, it's just straight up, you know, ballsy bluesy. Dirty rock and roll. That's right. And they got to play Woodstock. Yeah. None of those other bands got to. Yeah. So they, they were kind of, you know, an anomaly in that time period. Yeah. You know, to have stuff on the radio in 92, 93, 94. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to still be going now, I mean, it's just great. Yeah. And they, you know, if you if you haven't listened to them since, you know, those first two albums when they had all the, the hits that people know, you know, go besides just this new album. Check out any of those albums. Yeah, you're missing out. You know, out. Relentless and all that stuff. You know, it's got yeah. great stuff on it, you know? Yeah, Vegas Smile, Kill the Sunshine. Yeah. Shit, Locked man. and Loaded with Brian Johnson. Yeah, no shit. And of course, Dumbass Country Boy, which is one of the greatest... It is one of the greatest songs ever. Songs you will ever hear, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we mentioned earlier, thethunderunderground.com is our website. We've got reviews up. We've got all the other podcasts up. We've got... All kinds of stuff. You can buy t-shirts from us. You can buy koozies from us. And, and please do. Yeah. Hit us up at thethunderunderground at gmail.com if you want to buy something. Or if you uh, have a band you want us to play your song or you want us to just check out your stuff, send it to us. Shoot us an email. And soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground is where the episodes are hosted. 81 other ones you got to go check out. Yeah. We just had on... Mark Gus Scott from Trickster as our that last episode. One. That was a good one. We had on Mark Torian from the Bullet Boys. In the same vein as that, we've had on Joey Allen from Warrant, Ian Hogland from Europe. Like I mentioned earlier, Micah Rise has been on twice now. You know, he's played in Frank Hannon's band yeah. from Tesla. And then, of course, you know, we go Heavy, Crowbar, The Obsessed. Overkill. Yeah. Battlecross. Oh, yeah. Sons of Texas. Insight, Soil, Drowning Pool. Um, we've got more local and regional guys. Screaming Red Mutiny. Yeah. Severmind, Driver. Oklahoma Braves. There you go. Uh, Senior Fellows. Dave Cantrell from Bunnies of Doom. That's right. Uh, Scott and Jana from Rocket Science. Yeah. And if you're from this area, you'd know them from Down for Five and Sybil's Machine. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Dead so Metal just, Society. Oh, yeah. Caroline know. Spine. Yeah. Speaking of Jason Gilardi. Yeah. So, yeah, just if you're... A newer listener and you hadn't went back, go back. We'd appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for listening anyway. 
And if you want to hear more about Guns N' Roses, email us at beatdownunderground at gmail.com. <laughs> and I'll send you pictures. I got some good ones. I'm, I know you I'm a did. humble person, but I got some pretty damn good pictures. The, the one of Richard Fortas with the screen of death in the background was fucking badass, oh, yeah. dude. Nice. That was a great picture. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, do you have anything else you want to throw out there? I think it wraps it up. Crobot's got a new single. I haven't listened to it yet. It so was I badass. I mean, it was Wasn't... textbook Crobot. I mean, you know, they're not doing anything new. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're just... Uh, they're turning your brain to mush and kicking your ass at the same time. <laughs> but it's I like a that, great song. I like their promos for this stuff. It's called what's the the name of the album's like Fat Fat City Fat City. Yeah, and they're like you know let's get fat or something. And there's pictures of them with hamburgers and stuff. I don't know. See, I don't <laughs> need to get fat. I'm already there. So <laughs> this is great. So welcome to Fat City. Yeah. <laughs> that just reminded me of a point I wanted to make. Oh shit! You brought it up. Going back to Guns N' Roses, okay. you said. T- Slash Tone City. Yeah. I saw Slash and Billy Duffy on the same night. That's like yeah. Tone fucking that's a, state. That's a tone overload. That's a nation of tone. There you go. That's a tonation. <laughs> tonation. <laughs> he just created a new word. I sure did. Yeah. Because that guy, Billy Duffy, is one of, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, you know, guitarists of rock history. Yeah, he is. You know, he's just got, just like Slash, he's got an, an undeniable sound. That, you know, has tried, you know, to be duplicated. You know, in more recent times, I've heard Offspring songs and Theory of a Dead Man songs that are straight up ripping this guy's sound off. Yeah. And it's just like, he never gets the credit, you know, for for that kind of thing. I wouldn't so, want to, I wouldn't want to take credit for Theory of a Dead Man or Offspring ripping me off. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about <laughs> anything. Oh, I know. No, you're credit, right. You're getting totally credit right. where it's due. Oh, I know. In general. Okay, and same with Ian Astbury, but yeah, that's a that's a talk for another day. It is. It we, is. I probably already said all this back in the episode where we talked about the show, right? I'm sure, yeah, but we can do it again. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> all right. Well, like I mentioned, neatthunderunderground.com, soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground, facebook.com backslash Underground. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, and Instagram. Yes. And Instagram hashtag Lost Classic is something we had mission in a while. Right. We haven't done one in a while, but we've got tons of them up there. If you put in hashtag Lost Classic, you'll find a ton of pictures of albums with Album, our, albums that you'll be like, "Oh fuck, I forgot about that one. That was a good record." Yeah, it's stuff like that that you either forgot about or that you might not even knew about. That's right. And we just wrote a short review about it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for, people. Yeah, we're so here for you. Get on there and check that out. All right, you got anything else? Adios. All right, until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.